Welcome to episode 354 of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. If you want to burn fat, gain energy, and enhance your health by changing when you eat, not what you eat, with no calorie counting, then this show is for you. I'm Melanie Avalon, biohacker, author of What, When, Why, and creator of the supplement line Avalon X. And I'm here with my co-host, Vanessa Spina, sports nutrition specialist, author of Keto Essentials, and creator of the Tone Breath Ketone Analyzer and Tone Lux Red Light Therapy Panels. For more on us, check out ifpodcast.com, melanieavalon.com, and ketogenicgirl.com. Please remember, the thoughts and opinions on this show do not constitute medical advice or treatment. To be featured on the show, email us your questions to questions at ifpodcast.com. We would love to hear from you. So pour yourself a mug of black coffee, a cup of tea, or even a glass of wine, if it's that time, and get ready for the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Hi, friends. I'm about to tell you how to get three pounds of organic chicken thighs, two pounds of grass-fed, grass-finished ground beef, or one pound of premium grass-fed, grass-finished steak tips, all for free, plus $20 off. That's right. We're talking pounds of meat for free, plus $20 off. Friends, I love meat and seafood. My favorite way to get it is ButcherBox. It has been for years, and it's one of those things where I just sort of become more and more obsessed the more I use it. Especially with all the greenwashing that's going on today with meat and seafood, there's a lack of transparency, it can be hard to know what you're actually getting, and it can be expensive. ButcherBox addresses all of that. By directly partnering with farmers and fishermen, ButcherBox cuts out the middleman of the grocery store and directly delivers delicious meat and seafood straight to your door. And they have the highest standards. Their salmon, for example, is wild caught. Their beef is 100% grass fed and 100% grass finished. Their chicken is free range and organic, and it all tastes delicious. I love their chicken, love their meat, love their seafood. They have amazing scallops as well. And you can really find the collection of food that you want that works for you and your family. They have curated boxes, so you can get exactly what you want as fresh as possible because yes, meat and seafood that is immediately frozen is fresher than meat that is waiting out and never frozen. That's because it's frozen at its peak of freshness. It's funny because people kind of think it would be the opposite. Like, oh, I need never frozen meat and seafood. No, 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 no. You want frozen. You want meat and seafood that was immediately frozen and then shipped to you, which is what ButcherBox does. I eat a lot of steak at restaurants. ButcherBox's fillets are divine, way better than anything I would get at a restaurant. Their other cuts are amazing as well. With their seafood, I know I can trust them that I'm actually getting what they say because yes, there is a lot of scams in the seafood industry and their chicken also tastes amazing. It's free range and organic and tastes delicious. With ButcherBox, you don't have to worry about what's for dinner and ButcherBox has an incredible offer for our audience. You can have your choice of a weeknight meal essential for free in every order for a whole year. Just go to butcherbox.com slash ifpodcast and use ifpodcast to choose either three pounds of organic chicken thighs, two pounds of grass-fed, grass-finished ground beef, or one pound of grass-fed, grass-finished premium steak tips plus $20 off. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ifpodcast and use code ifpodcast to choose your free offer and get that $20 off. Butcherbox.com slash podcast with code podcast, And we'll put all this information in the show notes.
One more thing before we jump in. Did you know that common ingredients found in skincare and makeup products can actually disrupt your endocrine system? These endocrine disruptors are a silent threat that can have significant impact on your health, including something that is very important to me, fertility. Your skin is your body's largest organ and what you put on it matters. Endocrine disruptors are chemicals that interfere with the natural hormonal communication in the body. It also matters during pregnancy. And that's one of the reasons I pay close attention to what I put on my skin while being pregnant. Studies have shown that exposure to endocrine disruptors can affect both male and female fertility. For women, these disruptors can lead to irregular menstrual cycles, ovulation issues, and even polycystic ovarian syndrome or PCOS. In men, they can reduce sperm quality and quantity, making it even more challenging to conceive. But it's not just about fertility. When it comes to fat loss, one of the reasons that endocrine disruptors can get in the way of fat loss is because a lot of our toxins are actually stored in our fat. It's a way that our bodies protect us from those toxins. These toxic compounds can even work synergistically, amplifying their harmful effects and making it that much harder to shed unwanted body fat. All of these reasons are why I am obsessed with a company called Beauty Counter. The founder actually started the company when she learned about the potential dangers of toxic chemicals and their link to health issues, specifically miscarriages and infertility. While pregnant, I make sure to only use Beauty Counter products. It's one of the only makeup lines that is officially recommended from the Environmental Working Group. What really sets Beauty Counter apart is their unwavering commitment to protecting us, the consumers, from the hidden dangers that lurk in conventional beauty products. Beauty Counter goes above and beyond, rigorously screening every single ingredient that goes into their products, ensuring that they are safe, clean, and free from harmful toxins. They're not just a beauty brand, they're a movement for change, advocating for stronger regulations in the beauty industry. With Beauty Counter, I know that I can trust that the skincare and makeup that I use are not only effective, but also safe for me and my family. They have skincare lines for every skin type, as well as so many other incredible products. I absolutely love their overnight resurfacing peel. It's my favorite way to get anti-aging benefits in a skincare product. The makeup is absolutely amazing. I have tried alternative beauty products in the past and none of them truly performed. But with Beauty Counter, the foundation is so amazing. It makes me feel like my skin can breathe and it looks so dewy and beautiful. You can shop with me at beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. New customers can use the code CLEANFORALL20 for 20% off their first order. Beautycounter.com slash Vanessa Spina. All right, friends, now back to the show. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the show. You are in for such a special treat with today's episode. I actually recorded today's episode in person with Dave Asprey in Austin at his house. It was so incredibly surreal. It was my first live podcast ever. So talk about a way to start with that. Of course, I will be posting video clips on my Instagram, so if you want to see what this actually looked like going down, check that out. And in this conversation, we got to do a spicy AMA. (laughs) You guys had such incredible questions, and Dave's answers were, well, they were (laughs) pretty much what I would expect from Dave. 
And by the way, we get a lot of coffee questions on this show. We talk about it in this episode. I cannot recommend Danger Coffee enough. It will not break your fast. It is remineralized. It is tested to be free of mold and toxins, and it tastes delicious. I love Danger Coffee. So go to melanieavalon.com danger. Use the coupon code MELANIEAVALON. That will get you 10% off Danger Coffee. If you want to have the best coffee for your fast, you want Danger Coffee. And friends, if you would like to hang out with Dave and me, you can. I will be at Dave's 10th annual biohacking conference in Dallas this year. I went last year to the one in Orlando and it was such a blast. Friends, please come hang out with me. And I have a limited time discount through the end of January. You can get 40% off tickets with the coupon code BCMelanie. So for that, just go to melanieavalon.com slash biohacking conference. Use the coupon code BC Melanie to get 40% off your tickets. In February, that discount will drop to 35%. So you definitely want to snag your tickets now while it is 40% off. Again, go to melanieavalon.com slash biohacking conference. And of course, we will put links to everything as well as have a full transcript in the show notes. Those will be at ifpodcast.com slash episode 354. All right. So on that note, please enjoy my fabulous conversation with Dave Asprey. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the show. So this is a moment for me. This is actually my first in-person podcast. Ever? Ever. God. I've done like I'm so five. nervous. Your first? I'm, I'm what are we going to do? I'm nervous. <laughs> I've done like 500 episodes and I've never done one in person. So I like don't even know what to do. I have like have my notes, all the things. Yeah, I, I was trying not to judge you out loud. Yeah, well, but if you're going to do it. <laughs> they're they're way more fun in person. I, I've been really working out more on my show in person. So it's like literally same as going out to dinner, but now it's a conversation in person instead of a Zoom call and just millions of people get to listen in. So the agenda for right now, I wanted to do an AMA with you. I asked the audience for questions. You're tell them who I am. I got a lot of questions. For Dave Asprey, who I am here with. Some of them came in. I was like, oh, some of these are kind of spicy. So then I did a follow-up and I was like, can I get spicy questions for Dave Asprey? So, uh, so there's like butthole signing and all that? Yeah, it's all the things. Okay, can't wait. So I hope you're ready. Uh, can we jump in? Let's do it. Ask me anything. Okay. So to start things off, we have from Nancy. Oh, how exciting. That's all caps with like exclamation points. Hey, Nancy. Nancy, she says, have him make you danger coffee. I already kind of <laughs> did that for the photo shoot. And do some cold plunge Q&A question style like Rachel Varga. Those inspired me right into the cold river by her house. So you got her into the cold river. Side note, I actually have never done a cold plunge, even though I do cryotherapy every day. Oh my gosh. You know, the sun was still up when you came over for the coffee photo shoot. We could have hopped in the cold plunge. I know, but we did not. But you... Kind of didn't, and now it's dark, so we couldn't do it. I say you got out of that, guys. I think you should leave a comment and just encourage cold plunges I with just, all sorts of reasons, like scientific reasons, as well as what, what motivates you best, like motivational or like motivation. like shameful, like which which kind of motivation is like you're a bad person if you don't do it, or like you'll no, be no, a no, better person do, if you do I it. I don't do all of that. Okay, good. So, like, so guys, you know what she doesn't deal. So do the stuff she doesn't deal well with until she gets in the cold plunge, and then you win. Possibly. I do well with Don't like, do that. Be nice. 
Okay. I do always like, this will make you an amazing person. You'll be a very good girl if you do this. That's well, what I do. You don't have a huge amount of body fat. So for you, a very cold plunge is going to be more effective than a long one. Like normally it's three to six minutes that you would do. In the water. In the water. And for you, it's probably just 90 seconds, right? And it's enough to get your body so your dopamine levels are where you want them to be. But you, you don't need to turn on more calorie burning, right? So if it depends on how much lean mass you have and then the percentage of body fat. And if you're super lean, doing a long cold plunge is harder than someone who has padding. And I'm down to about six and a half percent body fat right now. And I can do, you know, 10 minute cold plunge, but I probably shouldn't. And six minutes is really the upper limit where you see most of the benefits. So I can go for like a minute. Yeah. Just get in a sauna so you're nice and warm and then do one minute. You're not That's too, easy. Yeah. I get hot first. Do that. And, and for then. you, that's fine. What you're doing is you're, there's a dopamine response and then there's a cold shock protein and burning more calories and more brown fat. For you, it's the dopamine response that's going to be most okay. important. So brief yeah. and unpleasant equals good. Okay, I'll do it. To-do list, I'll roll All right. back. Okay, very important question. This comes from Vanessa. Vanessa Spina, co-host of the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Hey, Vanessa. This might be the most important question you've ever been asked. Are you ready? What is his favorite emoji and why? Think carefully. Mm. I am a huge fan of emojis that can be misinterpreted. Okay. So you just don't exactly know what the person meant. So they cause more trouble than they actually solve. So what emoji is that? All the ones you would send in seventh grade. Such as? Certain types of nightshade vegetables. Fruits? Vegetables? It's a nightshade. Vegetables? It's purple. Well, what, what, what could that be? Eggplants? That's a good idea. Okay, yeah, that one. Yeah, I didn't think of it, but okay. Asprey's favorite emoji yeah. is an eggplant. I always say it's one of mine, but anytime it, you can say something, you're like, wait a minute, and you just aren't quite sure. Yeah. Those are the fun ones. So it depends on context, but it has to be one that's unclear and probably could have a bad connotation. Have you noticed that the little twin girl emojis, they're Playboy bunnies? No, there's a have twin Playboy that? bunny. So there's, it's like two girls mm -hmm. and it's supposed to be like, kids or twins or girls but they're wearing playboy bunny ears is this grooming is this i think it might be it's like disney did that didn't they no I, I, yes like kind of how like disney sneaks in all the stuff yeah i yeah pretty sure fun facts like like even going back to like snow white and stuff like that yeah my favorite emoji is the sparkles of course you know i use the sparkles a lot actually and also there's the there's another magical one. Oh, and then like the the crown ones i use those a lot for, for friends, like yeah. like the the like the regal crown, those are good. I like the the fog one. Oh, that's cool. It's like a smile. Okay, right. but that was not a question I've ever answered before. Really? Yeah. Oh my god. Okay, I'm excited. Okay, okay. So we have to answer. This is the intermittent fasting podcast. In case you're wondering. Okay. So we have fasting questions for you. But just only sometimes, right? Because it's intermittent. You said that when you were on the Melanie. The wind. No, Dave was on the Melanie Avalon biohacking podcast, and you pointed that out. I did. You did. I repeated a dad joke so, without knowing it. It's all good. I'm out of drugs. Um, smart drugs. So this is something I've actually thought about a lot. This comes from Lizzie. She says, how come we're allowed to drink black coffee and tea on a fast? Surely only water. I always felt that it's a loophole for coffee drinkers, or at least if we're able to drink coffee and tea, there must be other substances available. I have thought about this so much. Hmm. You thought about this? I have. And one of the really important things that I've been asking myself is why are you allowed to drink water during a fast? 
because it's non-caloric. It's just H2O. It's your body. Your body. So not having calories is but tea and coffee. Not having calories. I'm getting really confused already. I know. And why are you allowed to breathe on a fast? That's a good question. Well, nutrients. Breath work is pretty much intermittent fasting. Yes. For your lungs. True. Right. But strangely, we have all these weird rules about what we're allowed and not allowed to do while we're fasting that are based on nothing that's about science or thinking. They're just, I don't know. There was a lab test where the mice only had water because mice don't have espresso machines and they were locked in little mouse prisons. So because a scientist in the 1950s, probably wearing a white lab coat and weird goggles was mean to mice, then you should only have water. Sounds good to me. Or you could say, what are the hallmarks of things that cause a fast and break a fast? And what will cause a fast is a rise in mTOR or a rise in insulin. Since coffee and tea don't do either one of those, and by the way, neither do butter or MCT oil, you can have them during a fast in moderate amounts, which makes fasting much easier, especially for women. And it doesn't change mTOR, it doesn't change insulin, and you feel good. And this very much angers a few people who are what I'm going to call fasting, fasting obsessives, fasting. Then it's not about being pure because they're not being scientific. They're Oh, they're fasting dogmatics is what they are. I have to challenge you on that. You can challenge me on it. So you could do something in your life, like just get excited and it would affect your insulin or your insulin, mm-hmm. your cortisol. I didn't say so, cortisol because it turns out cortisol goes up when you intermittent fast anyway, because that's what happens when you're hungry. It's how your body liberates glucose from muscle tissue. So I don't worry about cortisol going up. Okay, back to, okay, I could be in the mall Mm-hmm. smell something delicious like those cinnamon roll mm-hmm. bun things and affect my insulin. That is correct. So does that break my fast? If you were doing something called a dopamine fast, technically it would. And there is a kind of fasting that my friend uh, Cam Seppa coined a few years ago called dopamine fasting. And I wrote about it in Fast This Way, which is my, my big intermittent fasting book on the psychology and the science of fasting. And what Cam talked about, by the way, he runs Maximus Tribe, which is a new company I'm backing that has a testosterone enhancement tech for men that's super cool. What Cam said is, well, anything that raises dopamine is going to basically make your dopamine receptors less sensitive, just like anything that raises insulin can make your insulin receptors less sensitive. Therefore, to do a dopamine fast, be really bored, like no social media, no color, sit in a couch and basically lay there for a day or for a weekend with like no people, no stimulation, no music, And by doing that, you can increase your happiness levels. You can. I just think it's easier to do a cold plunge because that has a similar effect. This is literally the book I'm reading right now is about this. So with the dopamine, because it comes in in waves. So is he saying that if you stop, then the spike you get will be bigger? Not that the spike will be bigger, but that when there is a spike, you'll feel it better. So it doesn't have, it'll be the same size spike as before, but since your receptors are more open to it, it'll feel bigger. It's, it's almost identical to what happens during a cold plunge. So same amount of dopamine, but you yeah. feel it more. Yeah. Even though like, it's literally what you're feeling. So who's feeling it more? Like, who is the part of you that's feeling that dopamine more? If it's Your dopamine receptors. Dopamine. So right, th- it's think, the same amount of dopamine. Are you saying like intuitively, like the person? Think about it like this. You? Sometimes 
you need three pieces of pizza to feel satisfied and sometimes you need one. Yeah. So your dopamine receptors will feel satisfied on one piece of dopamine pizza instead of three. Have you done a dopamine fast? I have because I read a book about it. I do everything. How long? I it's about just for a weekend. It's just basically being bored. It's you don't eat. You can have water. Yeah, on a dopamine fast, you probably shouldn't have coffee or tea because they're flavors. And you shouldn't use essential. Oh, like, that was a question. You want to be just bored. Like it's, it kind of sucks. It's probably not worth it. Like I said, I do cold plungers because they have the similar dopamine sensitizing effect. Hi, friends. Okay, so I'm a little bit embarrassed because I've been talking for so long about red light and near-infrared therapy, which is so, so important. However, I kind of left out something really important about light. So as you guys know, I've been talking about red light and near-infrared for so long. And at the same time, during the day, I was using a bright, sad light. So it's those white lights that help with waking you up, help with your circadian rhythm. They're used to combat mood issues and depression. So I have a really bright white one of those at my desk. A few things about that. I knew it helped wake me up and kept me stimulated, but I wasn't sure if it had any detrimental effects using it. And then two, I was also wondering if by just focusing on red and near-infrared light, was I somehow missing something in the full spectrum of light? Guess what? I was. And guess what? I found the solution. And guess what? I have a discount for you guys. So the founder of a company called Soulshine reached out to me and he was like, do you know about the importance of full spectrum light? And I was like, you know what? I've been wondering about this for quite a while. Please educate me. Oh my goodness. This man blew my mind. I talk a lot about the problems of blue light. That said, we evolved in natural full spectrum sunlight that our genes are programmed to respond to. And today we do not spend enough time in that light. A lot of us don't go outside and we're overexposed to blue light. It's a problem. And then to make things even more problematic, the common sad lights that I was talking about that are bright white, they actually do not contain the full spectrum light. They filter out certain wavelengths and they're high in blue light. So just like I thought, it was not doing my health many services. There is only one company I have found, or I guess that found me, that makes a full spectrum white light device. So the Soul Light Systems include the fullest spectrum of visible and invisible near-infrared light with traces of UV light. Yep, that's right, because you need all of that as well. Don't worry, it's not an exuberant amount that's going to cause a problem. It's just a tiny little dose that your body actually needs. You can use these lights to fix your circadian rhythm and properly stimulate your brain's suprachiasmatic nucleus, or SCN, in a way that it was supposed to be stimulated. It's kind of like the natural spectral diet. Because yes, you may be suffering from malillumination. Did you know that your entire bloodstream actually filters through your eyes in a relatively short amount of time, that's the only way your blood is exposed to the outside world. So when we expose our eyes to this light, it actually can have beneficial effects on our blood. That is crazy. It helps with skin, with mood. This is the light that I wasn't thinking about that we need. I love Soulshine's light therapy devices. I do use it in combination with my red and near-infrared light devices as well so that I can fully bathe my body in the best light that is so helpful 
for my sleep, for my stress, for my metabolism, for my immunity, for my health, so many things. They have so many different device options. They have one that I love that kind of looks like a Juve and I sit it on my desk and it has options for the full spectrum light, which is that bright white light, as well as an ear infrared option. So what I do is I do a session of the full spectrum light in the morning and then I run the near infrared to help counteract the negative blue light around me. They also have stands with bulbs that you can get. I've been using some of those on my plants. I am just so grateful that Ken at Soulshine found me because I was missing out on such a key aspect of light and I had no idea. And you can get 10% off at melanieavalon.com slash soulshine. That's S-O-L-S-H-I-N-E with the code Melanie Avalon. So melanieavalon.com slash soulshine, S-O-L-S-H-I-N-E with the code Melanie Avalon for 10% off. It's really helped my mood, my energy, my sleep, so many things. I think you guys will love it. So again, go to melanieavalon.com slash soulshine, S-O-L-S-H-I-N-E and use the coupon code Melanie Avalon to get 10% off site-wide. And we'll put all this information in the show notes. Tracy. She wants to know, can you humor us and take the clean fast challenge and not have anything but black coffee and water during your fast for 30 days and report back if you notice any difference? You want me to do a 30-day fast? A thir- no, a 30-day clean fast. So like during your fasting time, only black co- coffee and water. No, no supplements, you... no nothing, no... No, that I, would be dumb. I know, I thought that was going to be the answer. So I, I don't know, like clean fast challenge? How about less effective fast challenge? We could just rebrand it that way. Because if you're not taking fasting memetics while you're fasting, you're not getting the same benefits. Why would you not take spermidine during a fast? That's insane. Why would you not have electrolytes during a fast? That's insane. Why would you not amplify the benefits you get from your fast? Because, oh, I know, because working hard and suffering bring you laurel Turpitude is actually the word for it, but they bring you moral goodness. They make you a good person. I just wrote a whole book called Smarter, Not Harder about why doing things the hard way and working hard and suffering actually don't get to results. In fact, the guy with the shovel digging a ditch who works really hard doesn't get paid as much as the guy with the tractor who gets it done in five minutes. So if you want to live in the past, you need to get rid of all your clothes so you didn't grow yourself and live in a cave and it's dumb and working hard sucks. The ability to work hard with all the best tools will get you thousands of times the results in your life. So no, I'm not doing some dumb, sorry guys, clean fast challenge because it doesn't work as well as doing it with tools, right? I, I just don't get it. Like, where, why do we have Luddite fasting out here? I'm, I'm triggered right now. I, can I, identif- I identify as getting shit done. And what does it mean if you're being triggered? It means I need more coffee, danger coffee, obviously. Yeah, danger coffee. Who knows what I might do? Well, you- Sorry, guys. I want to be like real nice about that one. But seriously, why is that clean? Like, where do, where do your standards come from? And also tea. Tea is full oxalic acid. You probably don't want that during your fast. Like, why are you doing this to yourself? Do you know the components of what you're putting in and what you're not putting in? And I also want to know, are you using an air filter? Because if you're not, 30 pounds of air and your body fat and some protein you're going to lose, I kind of think that might be dirty. So could be better. Dave Asprey is not going to take the clean fast challenge is the takeaway. But I love it that you're challenging people to fast. Susie, you mentioned this. And I thought about this. I read Smarter Not Harder, Mm -hmm. which I highly recommend. And Susie said, he has said he will take spermidine for the rest of his life. Why didn't he recommend it in his book, Smarter Not Harder? I was thinking that too. I didn't recommend it in Smarter Not Harder because 
if you read Superhuman, my book on longevity, I talked about how spermidine was a very promising longevity compound, but you couldn't buy it. And so what I did is I illegally imported probiotics from Japan that would make spermidine for me. And then when it came on the market, the first company to bring it to the US, I had it on my podcast to launch the company because I could finally buy it. And because of all that, and because I also read about it in my fasting book called Fast This Way that came out after that, I didn't feel like repeating it for people in Smarter Not Harder was there because it's not a book on fasting. It's a book on tools that give you really these five states of longevity or fitness or putting on muscle or losing weight very, very quickly. Kind of like the opposite of the Clean Fast Challenge where you do the stuff that works even faster instead of even slower. Solid answer. Getting more controversial. So biohacking, Jean, who you might know him, he has two questions. Question one, has biohacking turned into a cultish movement for rich people? I was just talking with Molina, who wrote the first book on biohacking in Spanish for the entire Latin American market. And it's in its fifth edition. It's not for Latin American millionaires. In fact, my books are in 16 languages. All of the books have, here's what you can do for free using a principle of biohacking. Here's what you can do that's moderately expensive, like 50 bucks a month. And here's what you can do that the crazy billionaires do. And I do my best to take the crazy billionaire stuff and I put it at Upgrade Labs. We're opening 27 locations and counting. You can go to ownandupgradelabs.com and you can open a franchise in your neighborhood to bring biohacking at an affordable level. So yeah, there's crazy billionaire types who oftentimes are buying the same kind of equipment I've tested for years at home because they can afford it. And I bless that because they're the ones who are funding things that are changing the world for all of us. And if you don't believe that, look at the history of mobile phones. They used to cost $50,000 and $20 a minute. And now they're like free, even in Africa, they're a dollar a month in some places. So biohacking is a movement about control of our own biology where you control your own biology, not your government, not your doctor, not your mommy. You get to be in control. And that's not just for billionaires. That is for all humans. And as a side note, 60% of biohackers have always been women. That's a good segue. But before that, because you mentioned Upgrade Labs, Tracy wants to know if an Upgrade Lab is coming to Raleigh. Oh, I think we've talked with someone in Raleigh, but I don't think we've signed it yet. Wouldn't surprise me. If not, go to ownandupgradelabs.com. Could be you. Might be coming. Okay, segue to women. We've got a lot of questions about women and sex, if you're good with that. Like I said, it's an ask me anything, right? Okay, Stephanie. She says, I'm very excited for this one. He intrigues me. Mm. He has a much different way of sharing information. I've recently been seeing posts about sex. He was discussing orgasms. What does he think about orgasms? I read more orgasms are better for women, but less for men. Kind of ironic. And I will comment on that. Like me, I'll comment. I've had John Gray on my other show a few times, and I believe he is a proponent of this idea that women, all the orgasms all the time, and men, not so much. That's actually not John's perspective. That's not John's perspective? No. Are you sure? John and I have been friends for years, John Gray, the, the Mars and Venus guy. What he says is, and I'm going to correct it, ejaculation for men is not good for them, okay. but orgasms are good for them. And most men listening, and most women actually, believe that orgasm and ejaculation in men are the same thing. Men can orgasm and not ejaculate. So it turns out this isn't new sharing for me. If you read my book, Game Changers, going back to, I think, 20, 
15, maybe, I took 400 episodes of the Human Upgrade podcast and I used a statistician because we didn't have AI that could do it at the time to figure out the common elements that all of these people had done to focus on in a structured interview about how do you, the question was, what, what are the three pieces of advice you have for someone who wants to perform better at every part of being a human being? And after 400 answers, I came up with a set of roughly 50 laws that came out of this. So don't follow me. I don't want to be a guru. I curate gurus and I learn from them and then I structure it so you can learn it better. And what I did is I published my ejaculation and orgasm data for an entire year in the book. There's a graph and there's an equation. And the equation looks like this. This is for men only. Women do not do this. It would be bad for you. You take your age in years, minus seven, and then you divide that by four. So let's say you're like 40. So age in years, 40 minus seven is 33 divided by four. How many times does four go into 33? I was doing my own. Okay, it should be eight. So what's, what's your own age? Six. Six. Okay, so... If you're, the answer. If no, you're a guy, so people can do the math. You just disclosed. So if, if, you're, if you're 40, that's just about eight. So you're under 40. So then your answer is about six. That's the number of days between ejaculations for guys. So don't ejaculate more often than that. And Oh, for men. For men. Okay. Yeah. And this is really important. If you're a woman, there's a different equation that's never been written in all of Taoism. I searched everywhere, but I did make up the equation for you. So what this means, guys, is that if you want to, and this equation is to maintain your health. If you want to live a long time, this is written. And I've interviewed... Wrote it. John, no, I've, I've written, I've interviewed John Gray. I've interviewed Montauk Chia, who's a very famous guy who teaches this stuff. This is Tantra. This is Qigong. And I've studied these esoteric practices. So what you end up with is you go, okay, if you want to live forever, I mean, that's what all these sciences are about, was longevity. It's ejaculate once every 30 days and keep your orgasm for men to less than an hour. So I'm like, this is bullshit. I'm going to test this. So for a year, I gathered my data. I did my happiness number every day. How much do I like my life, my career, my job, my company, family life, just how good is life? And I also tracked carefully on a graph, ejaculation versus orgasm versus masturbation versus sex. And it didn't piss me off. But absolutely, there is an ejaculation hangover, and over-ejaculating does deplete what they used to call your chi. So, only for men. But then for women, because a lot of these practices, they didn't talk about women very much. So I'm like, all right, let's look into the research. And I did talk to John Gray about this, and he wasn't public with his, his comments about this at the time, but we had private conversations. John and many others will say, okay, and now science supports this as well, that for women, orgasms are not depleting. They're actually enhancing. Your EQ goes up, your oxytocin goes up, and things like that. And there's actually seven to nine different kinds of orgasms women can have. Seven to nine? Mm -hmm. It depends on who you listen to, but there's probably nine. I always go with the bigger which, number. Which are debated. I'm not going to go there on this. I don't think I have time because <laughs> I got to finish telling you the, the equation for women. Okay. Plus, you don't want to get this banned on whatever platform it'll be on. So here's the equation for women. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. It's the number of orgasms until you feel like you're going to die. Plus two. Is how many orgasms? Will keep you alive longest. Okay. Regularly. I will make a note of that. And, and by the way, guys, there's no way you're going to be able to do that for your partner unless you learn how to not ejaculate all the time. So right now for guys, if you're getting to the end of the act, it's going to feel like you're going to die. Because you're like, if I do not finish right now, and then your body convinces you to finish, and you go, God, why did I do that? 
So what you do is you break that, just like intermittent fasting. Oh, I'm not going to starve to death if I don't eat for a day. You're not going to die if you don't finish. And what happens is once you decouple that, then you are always ready to do it again and do it again. And what does that do? It raises your oxytocin and it raises your partner's oxytocin and you don't get the 24 to 48 hour well-documented testosterone drop after you ejaculate. Bottom line, you want to be a powerful man, you shouldn't be at the mercy of ejaculating and your partnership will probably improve as a result of that. So were you at the mercy of ejaculating when you did not make your goal? You know, I guess technically, I will tell you that when I was trying to do 30 days without ejaculating, that was really hard when you're learning to do something like that. So I remember a few times like on day 23, I'm, I'm like, you're publishing my data. It's like, okay, you know, none, none, none. And then, oops, I'm like, okay, start over again. So it, it, it was a practice to be able to, to get to 30 days while having you know, regular sex, right? And, you know, it's, it's, it's a massive improvement in quality of life. And that's why John Gray is real public about this now as well. Well, congratulations. You answered Scott's question. He wanted to know by restraining ejaculation, does that increase your vitality? So I'm guessing yes. It does. And you know, the ejaculate once every 30 days yeah. um, or less is the the Qigong master's perspective on that. There's probably like a once a month is probably a good number. And also if you're younger, that's probably about right. But at least the equation do that. Okay. We'll put that in the show notes. And <laughs> Renee wants to know, if you are on a date, what is the biggest turn on to you for a girl to order at the restaurant? Is there a food that a woman could order on a date that would turn you on? I would just say a woman who orders a grass-fed ribeye is by definition an attractive woman. What temperature? Mm, Probably rare, maybe medium rare. But if it's above that, it's like, oh my God. Like I try not to, you know, judge anything out loud. What about blue? Blue's good. Just, yeah, if it's burned, you're like, oh, how sad. But honestly, you know, I don't judge people based on what they eat. It's you know, how you showing up in the world. So That's really kind of you. For real. I, I mean, I, I might tease them and people tease me too. But if, if whatever you're eating, you can't be teased by someone who cares about you and is nice to you, then you probably have a problem. Like I, I am dating someone who is, let's say, want to be vegan. She's not a vegan. She eats, you know, dairy and chicken and fish. But I'm just like, I'm going to get her to eat so steak. She's- is that pescatarian? But she doesn't eat that much chicken and fish, and she sort of, sort of says, "I kind of want to be vegan," but I don't think she really does. I think she's, I think she's teasing me. But regardless, I don't care what you eat as long as it works for you. But when people say, "I'm eating this and I'm in pain all the time and my brain doesn't work," and you're like, "Maybe it's the MSG," and like, "No, it's not the MSG." I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. So. so we have a question about that. I have a really quick question though. Have you found a way to make the restaurant actually give you a rare steak? Just or, order it blue and you'll get it rare usually. I found out a way recently. Okay, how do you do it? I asked to order a steak for dessert and it was when the kitchen was closed. So they were not about it. I was like, listen, you can just like get the raw steak, just like put it on for a second. I'll be good and that work. That would work. Then again, you're going to eat late. You probably could just you probably could just say you want one minute per side and you're good. Yeah, I'm, I'm still working on that one. Yeah, blue, um, blue is good. Speaking of, Nancy... She wants to know, why does he keep referring to raw vegan as his gripe with veganism? Whole Foods plant-based has some impressive results in science, particularly without oils, and this is vastly different from a raw diet. Is it a running joke? Is it residual trauma from too many sprouts? 
I can do without kale, but I'm very tired of my cozy meals being lumped into a small fringe extreme lifestyle. By the way, I am a day fan. I drink danger coffee every morning. No shade here. Can't wait to hear the interview. So I thought I, uh, I love the honest questions there. I talk about how I've been a vegan and a raw vegan because I've done both. And being a raw vegan shows a devout commitment to a cult-like belief system. It's like being in the inner circle of priests of the vegan cult. So I just use that as like a proof that like I'm one of you and my sprouters and juicers and blenders and dehydrators and all that stuff that's probably in the garage somewhere. I don't know. I don't use it anymore. So I wasn't just a raw vegan. I want to be really clear on that. The problem is that all of these staple cozy vegan foods are full of oxalates. They're full of phytic acid. They're full of carbohydrates. They're full of lectins. You can't get oil-free. You just get plant oils. You can eat corn. It's got corn oil in it. You can eat soy, which is full of all of those bad things, plus some estrogen mimics. It's also got soybean oil in it. You can eat nuts. It's got omega-6s in it. So it's not oil-free. And if you're talking about a really radical fringe, the zero-fat 1970s vegan movement might be even more extreme than the raw vegan movement. So that said... Is there an argument for a zero-fat, relatively high-starch, low-toxin diet that contains plants that are not full of oxalates, phytates, or lectins that are bad for you? Nobody knows because they've never tried it. But metabolically, there probably is a case for that, at least for a brief period, as there's a case for being a vegan for a brief period. If you read or if you listen to The Human Upgrade, I did a podcast with James Clements about a book called The Switch from James. Yeah. Cool. Do you want it? Uh, In a minute. James is a friend and a fellow longevity enthusiast I've known for 25 years. This is a guy who flew around and got all these really, really old centenarian people's DNA. So James actually says, be a vegan and then be carnivore. Be vegan, then carnivore on a monthly basis to live forever. It's a good argument, good book, and a cool guy. I would posit the Kempner diet might be what you were saying. The Kempner diet. Remind me. You know about this? It's like like rice and sugar. And he reversed people's diabetes. Oh, I believe that. It's, it's that same thing. It's the zero fat, high starch sugar diet. I do not believe anymore that sugar causes diabetes. I think excess sugar is bad for you from a dopamine perspective and a gut bacteria perspective. I think diabetes, and for, for years now, is caused by omega-6 fats primarily. Uh, yes. And toxins, metabolic dysfunction. Well, we do have a question from A. James. This is supposed to be anonymous. So this is A. James. A. James. Not a mutual friend, James. He says, will you be talking to Dave about the, is it folostatin gene therapy? Yeah. He got the gene therapy himself, maybe for promoting it, question mark, but says it only lasts a couple of months and then you must do it again to maintain muscle mass. He's Mm. been, quote, getting ripped since becoming single again, LOL. So two correct things. Gene therapy is good for up to two years, not a couple of months. Go to daveasprey.com slash gene therapy for info about that and a link to the episode in it. And no, I I did this because I wrote about gene therapy in my longevity book in 2016, 2017. That's superhuman if you want to read how to live to at least 180. Since then, a couple of people have come out with books saying we might live for an extra 10 years, but it's all about health span. And if you just exercise enough, and that's like Neanderthal longevity from the 80s, and it's kind of gross. So The reason I did this is in my book, I said we will be able to do gene therapy soon and we'll have iPSC-edited stem cells. The guy who created these, who was on the podcast, along with his partner, Mac, read the book in medical school and said, 
oh, I made enough money selling Tesla shares. How about I build this tech for longevity instead of being a regular doctor? So I got it because I'm going to live to at least 180. And I'd have got it even if I never talked about it. But I talk about it because it's my job to talk about the stuff I do to live to 180. So you don't have to spend millions of dollars trying it all out for yourself. That's why I did it. I have a question. When you write your books, do you write your books? Yes, I write my books. Now, what is the definition of writing a book? Do you, every sentence in the book, did that come from your creative inspiration that you then penned? No book published today, unless it's self-published is that way, because you work with a team of editors at your publisher. Literally, before any of my books is out there, it has been handled by at least a dozen people to help me get my words and my thoughts in order. So to write a New York Times bestseller that's going to be read by hundreds of thousands of people, I would be irresponsible if I only wrote every word myself. And the publisher would be irresponsible if they published it without going through every single word, doing fact-checking, telling me that this sentence looks stupid and here's how it should be better. It's like a team of critics working on it. And there's absolutely stages where it's collaborative. We're like, oh, we want to get these ideas in here. How do we do it? So I'll go back and forth with someone. There's usually a primary editor, or we'll call it writing partner, where we'll have the conversations to structure it, and then we go back and forth. So I don't think you can legitimately say anyone wrote every word in their book unless they're a first-time author. It's a team effort if it's going to be a worthy book. The legal department's fun. The legal department's great fun. How about you? Did I write my book? Yeah. Yeah. With every single word in the book yours? Yes, and they got, and then it got, well, self-published, yes. Okay. And then traditionally published, which I actually brought you a copy of my book. Oh, yeah. Because 10 years ago, I went to the opening of the Bulletproof at the mm -hmm. time coffee shop in Santa Monica. I've told you this before, but I'm telling you again. And I came with my self-published book at the time. And I was like, I'm going to give Dave Asprey mm -hmm. my book. And I, I was dressed up in like a cocktail dress, mm -hmm. all sparkly. And then they were like, Dave's gone. I was like, okay. And so I gave them the self-published one. I was like, can you please give this to Dave? And then I walked away and I was like, someday I will give him my book in person. Well, here you go. I have it down there. Thank you. So I'm giving it to you. Oh. But to answer your question, that's the, the real version, like the traditionally published. And I think I can say that I wrote every sentence and then they would say like, oh, we need to put this in here because of blah, blah, blah. So then I would like write a new sentence. Your editor didn't just say, here's my suggested edit and you clicked accept. Well, um, like it. It, it, there's collaborative tools for getting it out there in a way that's good. And so I, I don't think there's any shade on doing or not doing that. It's just when you have a book that's really going to be seen by so many people, you need like beta readers to go through it. Like, no, this doesn't yeah. work. This doesn't work. And then do I care if it's me who says, you know, this sentence was in a passive voice and I missed it. Can you put in an active voice? I don't know if someone could do that. That's, like, that, that's it's like, I don't wash my own socks. I get help with that. And I'm... You don't wash your own socks. I'm grateful to have help for that. And I do that because it takes more time to wash my socks than the value that's provided. So I can focus on this podcast because I pay someone to help me with that. And I'm super grateful for it, right? But it's the same thing with a book. I, I do the strategic parts and the important parts. And if someone says, you need to reorganize these three sentences, I don't care. Can you copy and paste them instead of me? And I feel good about that. I have an example. I recently interviewed last week Nina Teichels. I love Nina. And she's good friends with Gary Tobbs. Mm -hmm. I like had, Gary too. I had Gary on the show. Okay. And that reminded me that when I tried to traditionally publish my book, they were like not having it with Gary. They were like, you got to put in some sort of disclaimer. So I went in and like made a disclaimer. 
You want to know something really funny? Sure. I interviewed Gary Tobbs on my podcast, probably one of the first 20 out of more than a thousand episodes now. Oh, wow. And after the interview, I said, Gary, I'm writing my, my fertility book. And I need, like, I don't know what to do, but I've, I've been writing it for five years to self-publish this about how I was able to have two kids, even though my the mother of my kids was 39 and 42. At the time we had them, she was infertile when I met her. So, like, there's a lot of knowledge in here. And it was Gary who introduced me to my first agent. And the next day was so nice. He sent a note. So, Gary Tobbs, if you hear this, thank you, brother, for your support early in my writing career. I, I, I don't forget those things. I love Gary. Okay. Two last questions related to all of this. Leah says, I love the quote, what have you changed your mind on based off of new information that you once believed strongly type question. So it has been a long time. I'm sure his views have changed over the years. I would love to know what matters to him now. And then Teresa said, is there anything he's written about in his books that makes him cringe because he doesn't agree with it today? Okay, there's the the cringiest part is when I came out with the Bulletproof Diet cookbook, I, I feel like I was bullied into having some recipes with kale. Really? Yeah, because at the time, like kale had a $6 million marketing budget from the Kale Marketing Association. And like so many people were just kale. And I'm like, guys, kale and spinach are not that good for you. But if you have a little bit, you can have a little bit if you must. But what I did in the first chapter of the Bulletproof mm-hmm. Diet, okay. Disclaimer? No, I just, just what I did is I'm like, okay, here's the things that are messing with you. Lectins, there's a whole genre of lectin books, right? Oxalates, they're having their day right now and it's only going to get better, right? And then there's phytic acid, which is in my most recent book, which is a big problem. And I talked about histamine, which is also having its day right now because of long COVID and, and, and all this stuff. And I talked about intermittent fasting on omega-6 fats. So these were the, the universe to play with in the Bulletproof Diet on all those different levels. But what I didn't do, partly because the data wasn't organized yet, is I wasn't aggressive enough on lowering oxalates, especially being a former vegan or a former whole foods plant-based diet. Because the more whole the food is, the more toxins from plants there are. That's why like brown rice, every rice eating culture, if you can afford it, you eat the white rice because the toxins are more in the brown part. And the same thing with wheat. Whole wheat is for peasants because you don't care if they die. The wealthier people eat a white flour because it has less toxins and they get their nutrients from the side of beef. So sad, that's how the world works. Now, the fact that some 70s guys like eat brown rice because fiber, not knowing about lectins or arsenic or oxalates or any of the other nonsense. So anyway, I was not aggressive enough on oxalates. I should have just said, guys, beets are stupid. Almonds, especially almond milk, which, which wasn't much of a thing, is stupid. And I should have said, raspberries are not worth it. Eat more blueberries. I'm a big blueberry fan. I love blueberries. But raspberries, the number of, especially women I've spoken with who had like interstitial cystitis and like serious pain in their reproductive system, they give up these foods. Oh, and kale and spinach are in there. And I've always been against those those guys. Spinach is the very worst besides rhubarb. And I just feel like I, I wasn't aggressive enough. So... My apologies if you ever had a recipe with almonds or kale in them that came from my book. I, I know better recipe. now. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for my, my first in-person podcast. And I got to say, congratulations. You're doing a oh. really good job oh. of, of moving the biohacking movement forward. I love it that we have, we have younger people, women who are doing it. And 
it's it's so important because this idea that we have control of our own biology, it's intrinsic to being human. But the reason that 60% of my followers have always been women, sometimes like 55%, but it's, it's always been slightly more than half. It's because women generally are better biohackers than men. Because for a lot of guys, including me when I was younger, it's like, well, there's no bone sticking out down here. I'm probably fine. Right. And we're maybe not that tuned in. But because women's bodies change on a regular basis, you, you notice because it's different today. So the sense of interoception, which is the, the nervous system feeling of what's going on in the body. Going where, like yeah. what's happening where? Oh, that's proprioception. Oh. Intero- that's so what's interoception? Interoception is just the broader word for everything, including like your gut. So proprioception is where am I in space? Yeah. Interoception is, is my gut tingly or, you know, is it gas? <laughs> like, oh. you don't know. So there's all these different feelings and a lot of your emotions. The vibe of where things it, are. You know, they say like the issues in the tissues and stuff like that. And it's, it's how do you feel what's going on in your inner world, but not the cognitive inner world, but like physically. The, the somatic inner world. Yeah. So women are better at that on average than men because you just deal with the changing landscape and we're kind of like, oh, I think I'm okay. So this is why I think there are so many women biohackers. There are also so many intuitive uh, healers who are women. The last 15 or so years of, of moving the biohacking movement forward, I've been very carefully bringing more breath work and meditation, more intuition and more, we'll say, esoteric practices in that are based on somatic sense of the self. I know they're real because I run a neuroscience institution <laughs> 40 years of Zen, right? And that lets us measure whether it's happening or whether we're just deceiving ourselves. It is happening. Well, thank you. And I will say to that point, listeners, friends, I would not be doing what I'm doing today. I would not have this podcast if not for Dave Asprey. Honestly, I was experiencing health conditions and I started listening to your show and I just found things that worked and I've been following you since then. So literally this would not be happening if not for you. And that's not just me, it's the entire world. So I cannot recommend enough getting Dave's books, all the things. You'll learn everything, especially fastest way, if you want to know all about fasting. So thank you. You are so welcome. And just keep inspiring people. You know, you're part of building the movement of biohacking. It is, is a growing global movement and it's here to stay. So thanks for helping. Team biohacking. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. Please remember, everything we discussed on this show does not constitute medical advice and no patient-doctor relationship is formed. If you enjoyed the show, please consider writing a review on iTunes. We couldn't do this without our amazing team. Administration by Sharon Merriman, editing by Podcast Doctors, show notes and artwork by Brianna Joyner, and original theme composed by Leland Cox and recomposed by Steve Saunders. See you next week.